What's gonna happen tonight? What's gonna happen? We're gonna whoop their Have you gotten Rommel yet? Welcome into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, another breaking news edition of the podcast. Because simply put, Tennessee, Ryan Callahan, has landed a mammoth commitment. Absolutely. One of Tennessee's top targets in the 2025 class. Uh, we will call him a five-star because he currently is in the 24-7 sports composite. Five-star quarterback George McIntyre of Brentwood Academy has committed to Tennessee. He picks the Vols over Alabama uh, not a big shock, I'm sure, because of the coaching change, especially at Alabama recently. But even before Nick Saban left Alabama, this one was trending pretty heavily toward Tennessee behind the scenes. Uh, it was not a it was not a laydown throughout his recruitment. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. This was a real battle, and at times this fall, you know, there were it, it sounded like Alabama had momentum at times. Even a, at least one visit to LSU caused LSU to really get some traction with him. There were times this looked like it really could um, go a few different directions, but uh, Tennessee was as consistent with him as anybody, made him a huge priority, has hosted him on a number of visits. Um, his mother's a Tennessee graduate. He's got a sister who's a student at Tennessee right now. So a lot of things about this always looked like um, Tennessee had a great chance of landing him, uh, but it was a little bit hairier than people might have thought for for at least a good stretch of the fall and uh, going back into the summer and things like that. So. Um, it is uh, it, it is a big pickup for Tennessee and a huge win because this is a guy I think Alabama would have loved to have before uh, Nick Saban left. And obviously, you know, once the coaching change happened, I think it made it tougher for people to envision Alabama being the choice there with the new staff. But uh, regardless, Tennessee gets this one across the finish line and uh, and lands a, a quarterback that they've had their sights on for for quite some time. Offered him way back in August of 2022 after the first start of his sophomore season, uh, after the very first game of that season. And, uh, you know, it made him just a huge priority since then. So this is a huge deal, obviously. And, uh, with, with Nico Iamaliava set for the next, uh, at least couple of years, uh, and, and, you know, being locked in now as, as Tennessee's starter, um, th- this sets up Tennessee to have a pretty impressive quarterback lineage. If things go according to plan, uh, to have a, a five-star quarterback like this kind of waiting in the wings behind Nico Iamaliava. Uh, it's been a long, long time, if ever, frankly, since Tennessee's had a quarterback set up quite like this with two five stars on the roster at the same time, two years apart. So this it, it, it's it's almost impossible to overstate the significance of this. It's a huge day for Tennessee for a lot of reasons, and at the least of which is, um, let, let's call him what he is. He's the highest ranked quarterback from the state of Tennessee in the modern era of recruiting right now based on his current rankings. Uh, on 24-7 sports, he's the number nine overall player in the country, the number two quarterback in the 2025 class. You know, we'll see where he ends up on signing day. But based on his current rankings, you know, he's ranked higher than Ty Simpson was at this point in the process. He could go down as the highest ranked quarterback from the state of Tennessee in the modern era. Um, and Tennessee just landed him. They've not had an in-state quarterback start a game uh, since 2008. I think B.J. Coleman was the last one. Um, haven't had a full-time starter from inside the state since Andy Kelly back in 91. Um, so it's been a long time since they had a quarterback, uh, even from the state, go to Tennessee and be a big deal. And this is maybe the biggest deal of them all to to come through Tennessee. And now he's going to be playing at Tennessee. And you, you just have to really give a ton of credit to, to Josh Heupel and obviously Joey Halsley as well but Tennessee just nailed this recruitment in in terms of how they they formulated a, a game plan to recruit 
George McIntyre and then just how they followed through with it as well. Every opportunity they had to show their face and, and show their brand in front of George, they took advantage of it. They, they really did. And and this was one of those situations where you, you needed to take advantage of being the home state school if you were Tennessee. And so um, you, you didn't just need to assume that having the home kind of the home field advantage in his recruitment was going to be the, the end all be all you needed to, to recruit him the hardest if you were Tennessee. And I think, I think Tennessee pretty much did that. Um, you know, again, as you said, every time a, an evaluation period or a recruiting period opened to, you know, one of the, their first stops was, was to Brentwood Academy. That was the case uh, back in December when uh, the contact period started and Josh Heifel went out and, and made a stop at the school. Same thing in the fall evaluation period, uh, you know, the day before Tennessee season opener, he went to Brentwood Academy's game on September 1st and was, uh, I believe, the only college coach at that game on the first day of the evaluation period. So they made him a huge priority in every in every sense of the word. And every chance they got him on campus, they they, they pushed for him to visit. Uh, I think he ended up making it to Knoxville six times in all during the 2023 calendar year. Uh, a, a couple times the year before that, went to a camp at Tennessee, uh, at least one camp. Each of the past two years was actually at two of Tennessee's camps back in June. Uh, and, that, and that's when you knew the relationship was going well, you know, getting back there for a second camp in, in just a couple weeks. Uh, that, that's a that's a big deal to get that kind of time with a player on the field, you know, not not just be able to evaluate him, but continue to build a a, a football relationship and obviously just an off field relationship like you do in recruiting uh, so, so many times, not even talking about football. Uh, that, that's a big deal to to get those repeated visits and just that 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 sense of familiarity and, and comfort uh, that they obviously developed uh, between the two sides. And it's, again, his family felt really comfortable at Tennessee um, because of his sister being a, a student at, at UT right now and uh, the, the mom being a Tennessee graduate. So there, there's a lot that was already working in Tennessee's favor. But but to your point, they really kind of pushed all the right buttons and uh, I, I think kind of knew they were in good shape throughout his recruitment, but they never took anything for granted always push for him even when deuce Knight was also in the picture earlier in the in the process they you know they they never took the took the foot off the gas with george mcintyre i think they always kind of knew he was their guy at the top of the board and they certainly treated him like that uh, for, throughout the process what type of quarterback is george mcintyre well what type of talent obviously the rating kind of speaks for itself but uh just how would you describe george mcintyre the quarterback that tennessee is getting yeah, a lot to like about him. And you start with uh, something that's been true of a lot of Josh Heupel quarterbacks. He's he's really tall and has a, has a good build, a six foot five and a half or so. Um, our, our most up to date listing of him is 182 pounds. He he might be a little heavier than that now, but uh, he, he's a he's a pretty lean guy. So much like Nico Iamaliava coming out of high school, uh, George McIntyre is going to need to add some weight in college, but that's obviously not a problem. Um, you know, on, on the surface, it might look a little strange that he was on a team that didn't. Didn't perform very well this season at Brentwood Academy. They they really struggled with a first year coach, uh, but I think that had as, as much to do with the talent around him as, as anything else, and 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 maybe coaching some some coaching decisions there as well. But they, you know, I, I saw him play a couple times in person, and even though Brentwood Academy lost both of the games, I saw, including a tough one early in the season to to crosstown rival Brentwood. Uh, that that was one. You know, I, I I was I was pretty blown away both times I saw him play. You know, sometimes you. You go in with the idea like, okay, I know he's good, but is he going to impress me on this night in particular? And each game I was at, he made a just ridiculous downfield throw, uh, about fit, about a 50-yard throw in each each of those two games where he hit a receiver in stride and pretty tight coverage uh, and made made just perfect throws uh, under, under the circumstances. And then 
you know, also just, you know, can throw off platform, has pretty good athleticism, as most quarterbacks do these days. He's not what I would consider a classic dual threat quarterback in the sense that he's probably not going to run for 100 yards in a game or anything like that. Uh, at least it won't it, it, it won't happen much if it ever does. Um, but he is he's a guy who is a good enough athlete as a basketball player, and he's been a pretty good high-level basketball player in high school as well. Um, so that kind of tells you the athleticism you're working with. Um, so he does have have pretty good speed and, and and mobility, can can use that to extend plays and 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 certainly is capable of running. But this is probably not a guy who's going to run 12, 15 times a game. He's going to you know kind of do that sparingly. Uh, mostly going to use that to serve his arm, which which can uh, can make all the throws. Really, he's he's not a he's not a guy that you would say like has the strongest arm in the class, but it's plenty strong to make all the throws. And and again, he made some just absolutely ridiculous throws in the two games I saw where he made you know, just kind of reared back and just flung at 50, 55 yards and, and hit a guy perfectly in stride. So he can make, can make any throw you need to, uh, you love the bloodlines again, you know, he's the, he's the, the, the nephew of a current, uh, division one coach and Mike McIntyre at FIU His grandfather, George McIntyre, uh, was a former Vanderbilt coach. Um, so he's got football in his, in his blood as his dad played at Western Kentucky as well. So, uh, definitely a, a football family through and through and has grown up around the game. I think you like that as well. Uh, but this is a guy who can who can do pretty much anything you need a quarterback to do. And I think plugging him into Tennessee's offense, um, you know, I, I, I've been asked at times for a comparison of his skill set to another quarterback. We, we get that a lot, obviously. I don't know if there's a perfect one for him, but the best one I came up with is, is maybe Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think that's kind of the, the general build and, and kind of skill set you're looking at. A guy who's tall has the athleticism, but, you know, Trevor Lawrence, not going to, you know, you're not going to confuse him for Lamar Jackson. He's mostly using his athleticism to, to make some plays here or there, but also to give him time to throw. That's kind of what you're getting with George McIntyre, but that kind of height and length is kind of what, what stood out to me uh, and kind of, kind of trying to come up with a comparison for him, but just a lot to like about George McIntyre. And again, putting a guy like him two years behind Nico Iamaliava, right behind Jake Merklinger, I mean, what 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 a quarterback hierarchy Tennessee has kind of uh, developed here. Uh, assuming George McIntyre continues to, to to stick with Tennessee and signs with them, that will be a pretty impressive three year run at the quarterback position, probably as good as any we've seen in school history. And that's really saying something, considering Tennessee once had you know Peyton Manning and Brandon Stewart come in behind Heath Shuler. You know, they, they've had some pretty impressive runs, but this might be the most impressive three year run at quarterback that we've ever seen Tennessee have. Let me put you on the spot with this. Is it fair to view this situation as Nico 2.0 and emphasis on situation, not saying that George is the same quarterback as Nico, but naturally there's going to be comparisons because both were uh, and are ranked a five star. Do you feel like the, the situation is Nico 2.0 in the sense of we view Nico as having a chance to be one of the best quarterbacks in school history, quite frankly, because of his natural ability, his natural skill set. Do you view George in the same light as having the talent, natural talent and natural skill set uh, to to follow in Nico's shoes and potentially be uh, a generational quarterback, a, a, a transcendent quarterback for Tennessee? He, he's right there in that discussion. Now, now kind of like what we said with Nico coming out of high school, you do have to caution that with the hit rate on highly ranked quarterbacks can be surprisingly low. Uh, ask Alabama, you know, they've had plenty of highly ranked quarterbacks come through there and over the years and a good number of them end up 
you know, not living up to the hype for one reason or another. So you have to preface it with that. Nothing's a sure thing. And, and quarterback, even when you have all the physical tools, is all about you know timing and making the right decisions. And if you don't have it, sometimes it, it doesn't matter how talented you are. Um, and you don't find that out sometimes till players get to the college level uh, or even the NFL in some cases. Um, but he, there's no reason to think George McIntyre can't be a really, really good college player. And I think he's absolutely in that discussion, as, as you would think, based on his, his current rankings. I mean, this is a guy that... Again, Tennessee's beating out Alabama and LSU for, for a guy like this. Now, LSU just landed Bryce Underwood, the other guy who's in the discussion to be the top quarterback in that 2025 class. Um, so they're they're just fine with that one, obviously. But before he committed and before they knew they were getting Bryce Underwood, LSU was very heavily involved in this one as well and, and, and you know seemingly would have been happy to take either of those guys. Alabama, they seem to have their sights set more on McIntyre than Bryce Underwood for whatever that's worth. Um, Tennessee was obviously kind of all in on McIntyre from the start, but, you know, I think there were some other teams, frankly, Georgia and those types that probably would have been more of a contender for McIntyre if they could have. I just think that the three teams that kind of separated themselves pretty early on were, were Tennessee, Alabama, and LSU. So, um, you know, this is a guy who had a chance to go to a lot of top programs and with good reason. And, and again, with the, with the physical build, with the arm, with the uh, with the athleticism, sort of the intangibles, and his and his his family history, um, there there's no reason to think he can't be a great one at, at Tennessee. He really is that good. Um, but I also, Nico was a pretty special case. I, I will say that Nico, you know, to put him quite in that stratosphere. I mean, his his rankings will put him in that discussion at least um, based on where McIntyre is currently ranked. But Nico was you know maybe depending on who you ask, the best quarterback in a class that was pretty generational in terms of just how good the quarterbacks in that class were, including Arch Manning, Dante Moore, and Nico's regarded as maybe the most talented of the, of the bunch. So time will tell, and we'll know a lot more about George McIntyre even by the end of his senior season, I think, in terms of where he stacks up and, and sort of what we think his ceiling is for, for college. But, but to me, there's, there's no question. He can, be, he can be an all-SEC kind of player. He can be a first-round pick. There's no reason he can't do any of those things. And if he has that kind of college career, that's obviously going to make him one of the best to ever play at Tennessee. So the, the hopes are going to be high, and, and I get it. But to, to me, the big thing is, regardless of all that, you've got it set up perfectly. You couldn't have a better quarterback situation for Tennessee if you if you drew it up. I mean, this looks like what, what you usually do when you play a, uh, a one of the old dynasties on the NCAA video game that's <laughs> thankfully coming back out. I mean, this is this is what you would do. You you maybe would get a, try to get a five-star in every class if you're playing a video game, but to have in this day and age a five-star followed by a four-star in Jake Merklinger, followed by potentially another five-star in George McIntyre, that's that's as good as it gets. And the fact that this is an in-state kid on top of that, I mean, this is a dream scenario for Tennessee. And this just, you know, whereas I think there would have been so much pressure on Nico to make the most, and on Tennessee, frankly, to make the most of this two- or three-year window with Nico as a starter without that big-time quarterback coming in behind him, now it looks like this is just the start of a longer run if George McIntyre is what people think he is. So that to me is the big deal is that this makes Tennessee or gives Tennessee a chance to have some real staying power. If Nico can make Tennessee a college football playoff team, George McIntyre coming in behind him just gives people a chance to say, Hey, Tennessee can stay there. And there's no reason they can't stay there with a quarterback like that coming in next. Right. Maybe I don't, maybe this isn't a good comparison, but the Deshaun Watson, to to Taj Boyd and and Trevor Lawrence to to Taj Boyd. Although, uh, and when I initially started to make that comparison, I, I was thinking of Nico as the Taj Boyd. But I, I think if Tennessee were to ever win a championship under 
uh, Josh Heupel, the way Dabo Sweeney credited uh, Taj Boyd when Clemson won their first, I think Josh Heupel would a- actually credit Hendon Hooker. So Hendon Hooker's probably the Taj Boyd of the group. Uh, but yeah. that being said, I mean, Tennessee is in as healthy of a spot as you can be at the most important position in all sports. And, and that's really all that needs to be said about that. Right. Yeah. No. And, and, and I'd, I'd maybe be a little hesitant to put anybody in the same discussion with Deshaun Watson at this point, just based on off field stuff, but, but <laughs> college but, career yeah, and leading Clemson to a natty. Correct. Yeah. So if, if Tennessee has anything comparable to where we're comparing their college careers to Deshaun Watson and then Trevor Lawrence after that, um, the Tennessee will have had a pretty great run. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if it ends up being like that, but yeah, this, this looks like it has the potential to be, you know, a pretty impressive uh, transition whenever it does happen from, from Nico to, uh, to George McIntyre. And again, Nico's still got to live up to the hype. George, George McIntyre still got to get there and live up to the hype, but there is, there is no reason not to, uh, no reason to think that those guys are not capable of that. If they, if Tennessee surrounds them with the right players and if they, continue to develop the way they're capable of. So this is a, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's seemed like a bit of an inevitability. I know for Tennessee fans recently that, you know, there's not been as, as much drama to this one as there was to say Ty Simpson's recruitment in the end, but this is still a huge, huge day for Tennessee just to have a, have a pickup like this and to, to be able to have that sort of uh, that sort of lineage uh, at the quarterback position, potentially uh, on your roster over the next couple of years. Yes. And it, it just, when you, when you land quarterbacks, like, Nico and George McIntyre and assuming they develop into what they should develop into it, it just it it widens your margin of error you you have more room for error elsewhere on your roster because McIntyre and Nico can can make up so much ground I mean those, those Clemson offensive lines that won na- national championships they weren't bad but they also weren't the the greatest offensive lines uh, of all time, Deshaun Watson no. and, and and Trevor Lawrence elevated the the play of of those linemen uh, and, and elsewhere on that roster. So Tennessee's in a in a good starting spot um, by by landing just exceptional talents, and then from that point on, you you allow your coaching and and development to take over from there. The last thing I want to discuss and uh, mention before we hit a break is just your thoughts on what this says about Tennessee big picture, its ability. I know there's a year in between and, and poor Jake Merklinger is feels like the redheaded stepchild right now, but just generally speaking, landing Nico and, and George McIntyre back to back in a, in a way, what do you think that says about Tennessee and, and its ability on the recruiting trail right now? Yeah, that's that's a great point and, and one that definitely shouldn't be overlooked. And and yeah, sure, maybe it lined up perfectly that, that George McIntyre is was available in state. And that for that matter, you've got Jared Curtis inside the state in the 2026 class. Now I think that's a separate discussion and he'll probably be a tough pull for Tennessee. But the fact that the state, after years of not producing top level quarterbacks, is now producing big time quarterbacks uh almost every year now for the for the past few years, you know, even Brock Glenn that went to Florida State. I mean, there have been some really good quarterbacks that have come out of the state. Marcel Reed that's at Texas A&M uh, and played really well in their bowl game. There have been some good players uh, come through this state over the past few years at the quarterback position after uh, the, the state seemingly was, was turning out prospects left and right at every position but quarterback. So maybe it lined up perfectly for Tennessee. But what we're talking about them doing by landing Nico and even by landing Jake Merklinger, and let's not, to, to your point, let's not overlook Jake Merklinger in all this because it, I, I think people would be, 
uh, making a mistake if they sleep on him and think he's never going to be a starter at Tennessee. I think he still has the potential to be that kind of player, uh, and he could be a really good fit for Tennessee's offense. So I, I certainly wouldn't count him out. Uh, but obviously a lot of the attention is going to be on Nico and George over the next few years, assuming everything stays uh, as as currently constructed. And that's uh, that's it's just not something that most programs are able to do. It's uh, ha- stacking that type of depth and that kind of quality depth and big time players potentially at the quarterback position is something usually reserved for Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, not many other programs aside from that. Texas has started to do that with Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning. You know that there there are a handful of programs in college football that are capable of that. So the fact that Tennessee is in that discussion. Getting a couple quarterbacks that good, that close together, uh, you know, not only does it give them a chance to really prolong this into a, a really nice run and not just a sort of one-off situation where you had a generational quarterback in Nico and then you don't follow him up with the same type of player, this gives you a chance to s- solidify yourself as a legitimate contender for the long run. And again, if you can have, I, I talk all the time about how important it is to put guys in the NFL. You know, Tennessee could really use these guys living up to the hype. You know, that's a long way away, but. If, if you get Nico to live up to the hype and, and then you get George McIntyre to live up to the hype and those guys are both really good college players that go on to get drafted early in the NFL, I mean, ask Clemson how much, how much mileage in recruiting, even though it didn't necessarily pan out, but how much mileage they got in recruiting out of Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, you know, Mike Williams, Sammy Watkins, all those types of guys. You just need those big names, those household names to come through your program. And if you do that, it, everything just continues to build from there. You can continue to build around that. Um, so th- this is a huge step for Tennessee. It's something that's you know usually not cap- not 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 something a lot of programs are capable of doing. Now they're showing that they're capable of doing that. And in a in a college football landscape that's got more parity than ever before, I think a lot of this as the as the rosters continue to level out, as programs like Georgia and Alabama continue to have their depth kind of picked off by other teams because players don't want to be on the bench and wait for their turn to play. As that continues to happen and the the, the playing field levels out. It's going to come down to who's got the best quarterbacks a lot of times. And to have one of the top quarterbacks in two out of three classes, and even between those guys, a top 10 or 12 quarterback in Jake Merklinger in that class, that, that's a pretty remarkable situation to have. So this is, a again, it's hard to overstate the importance of this in terms of what it opens the door for Tennessee to potentially do if they put the right pieces around those guys. Absolutely. It's a big day for Tennessee football, both for the now and the present and uh, we still have plenty of things to discuss here on the podcast, but we do need to catch a break, and we will do so right now here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Welcome back into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. I am Ben McKee, joined by Ryan Callahan, reacting to the news that five-star quarterback George McIntyre has committed to Tennessee, a significant commitment for the Vols in so, so many ways. And uh, we're going to continue that discussion here in just a moment. But before we do continue that conversation, would like to encourage you to go like, rate, and review our podcast wherever you do get your podcast. That's how you can help us, and we would greatly appreciate it. Ryan, I I am going to ask you an awkward question as I like to do from time to time, you, you know, I like to put you on the spot, throw you a heater up and in and going to, going to ask you an awkward question before we get into, to what George McIntyre's commitment means for the 2025 class. But All right, let's see what you got. I, I'm I'm going to get ahead of the message board and, and Twitter. It, the, this question is coming at some point. If you haven't already been asked, 
What does this mean? What does George McIntyre committing to Tennessee mean for Madden Eyal Maliava? Yeah, I, I, to me, it's it's hard to envision him wanting to to step into that same situation now, especially with Tennessee having a five star quarterback committed. Um, that that's that's a tough sell uh, for a lot of guys. And and Madden Eyal Maliava, make no mistake, if Tennessee had missed out on George McIntyre. That, that is probably where Tennessee would have pivoted to, to, to going to him and trying to get him to follow his brother uh, or join his brother at Tennessee. And, and that would have been a nice pickup too. I, I think Madden's a really talented guy who, who showed it during his junior season that he is, you know, he's, he's maybe not seen as being on the same level as Nico, but he is a really good player in his own right. And, and I think he's going to be, and, and that's the problem. I think he's going to be a good enough player to, to warrant a pretty, a pretty good opportunity at, at the college level and might have a chance to, to be, you know, a, a day one starter or or pretty early starter in his own career, uh, at, at a you know whether it's a place like, like Washington, I know that was a, a school that was involved with him before the coaching change there. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see what other West Coast schools end up being in play for him, and even even elsewhere in the country. But he he's going to have some pretty good options, and I would imagine, uh, you know, it, it's just going to be hard to you know even even think about you know a, a approaching a, a two quarterback class with. Uh, with Tennessee uh, or, or any other school for that matter. I think a lot of schools are going to have trouble, you know, pairing two highly ranked quarterbacks like that in the same class. So, you know, given that Nico's there, sure. I guess, I guess it's in theory possible, but I, I would say the odds are microscopic that it could work out for Tennessee I, on one, for one thing, you don't want to even, even risk giving George McIntyre a reason to, to look around or, or to consider any other options. You want him to be locked in and, recruiting for you. And, and one way to do that is to let him remain the only quarterback in the class. And at the same time, it's, you know, it's, it would be hard to sell to Madden as well, because uh, even when, you know, even if he say in theory went to Tennessee, you would just have, you would all, all the, all the questions would be about whether he could ever beat out George McIntyre being in the same class. So I, I think it's just a tough sell these days. You know, you never say never in recruiting, but to me that that ship is probably sailed, uh, you know, barring something changing with George McIntyre and, and Madden will will probably end up elsewhere, but again, that's because he's a good player, and he's gonna, I think, have a chance to 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 find a pretty good opportunity for himself uh, whenever he does make his decision. Just an interesting caveat to George McIntyre picking Tennessee, and and I think those questions are naturally uh, going to to pop up throughout this cycle. So wanted to to get a little bit ahead of those uh, questions if we could. Uh, in in terms of George. Picking Tennessee, the the news of the day, the quarterback that did commit to Tennessee. Uh, what do you think this means for the 2025 class and, and what Tennessee can do in the 2025 class? Because uh, w- with several players, both uh, high school players and transfers, this past cycle, Ryan, we, we heard multiple players discuss how uh, the fact that Tennessee has Nico helped them in, in picking Tennessee. So uh, I imagine George being a five-star quarterback, that's something that Tennessee is going to be able to use on the recruiting trail as well. Yeah, no question. And, and Tennessee, uh, I think George McIntyre obviously plans to be heavily involved in recruiting other players to Tennessee. I think Tennessee plans to employ him in that way too. Uh, you know, there were there were a lot of questions, obviously, back with the 2023 class. Why does why does Nico not seem to have coattails? Why is he not bringing a lot of guys with him? I, I think it was a little tough for him because he was – a, a California kid who didn't have a lot of Southeast ties. And for the most part, he was recruiting guys on this side of the country that, it, that in some cases they knew from seven on seven, you know, there were some, he knew better than others like Carnell Tate. He knew him pretty well by the time he made his commitment to Ohio state, but 
you know, still just having that big time quarterback alone wasn't enough for Tennessee to land guys. And I think there are a couple of reasons for that. One, Tennessee was still establishing itself as a program at that time. Uh, it was later that year when Tennessee had the breakout season, obviously in 2022, where I think, you know, had that happened the year before that, that might've opened a few more doors for Nico at the time though, Tennessee was selling a, a seven and six season the year before a little bit different situation. So now uh, having a, having a quarterback like George McIntyre to follow up Nico again, it gives Tennessee a ton of credibility in recruiting. If you're a wide receiver, if you're an offensive lineman, a tight end, especially having a chance to come in and play with George McIntyre in the future, having a chance to, to play with Nico Iamaliava in the short term, that, that is a, that is a pretty enticing situation. And it's something that I think, you know, to our discussion in the first segment, I think just shows Tennessee has a chance to have some real staying power and be a contender and put guys in the NFL and do all the things that players want to do. Um, at, at, and I think especially in state, he, you know, George McIntyre will have some pull. I think he knows he's on the same seven on seven team, uh, the, the middle Tennessee based uh, Tennessee select team uh, with Cameron Sparks, uh, the, the four star athlete from Chattanooga. That's already a longtime Tennessee target. He's on the same team there with uh, Rodarius Jackson, the wide receiver from Memphis who is, has started to blow up and is a major priority for Tennessee uh, after getting an offer back in October. Um, so those two guys, especially, I know he's got his sights set on them. He's been in contact with some other receivers outside the state already. Caleb Cunningham from Mississippi, the five-star that visited Tennessee twice last year. He's been in contact with him. So he's certainly going to try to bring some receivers with him um, and, and other guys in the state that he knows. Jalen Morgan, the four-star defensive back from Rockdale or Rockvale is also on his seven on seven team there, uh, the, the Tennessee select team. So he's, he's going to have a chance to, to bring some guys with him, but I still say at the end of the day, it is a challenge to, to, to peer recruit that way because so many guys are looking out for themselves in the NIL era. And that's understandable. I mean, we're talking about uh, some of these guys having a chance to make a, a, a lot of money for themselves that can change things for the, their, their families in some cases and set themselves up well going into college. So that's going to be a factor too, but the difference is, and where I do think it helps is if you're a big time receiver or, or, or especially an offensive player in some form or fashion, you want to go to a place that you're going to have a chance to have success. Having that big time quarterback makes it much easier to envision everything you need around you being there at a place like Tennessee. So I think, I think it is a big deal and I think it's something that can help Tennessee, but especially with those in-state guys, Cameron Sparks, Darius Jackson, I, I think having George McIntyre definitely improves Tennessee's chances of, of landing those types of guys. You just mentioned a couple of names. I was going to ask you on the way out, just some guys that, that spring to mind both in the state and, and outside of the state uh, that you think Tennessee landing, George McIntyre, immediately helps their chances of landing. Yeah, I, I would start with those in-state guys. Again, Radarius Jackson, not a household name yet, but I think he'll be closer to a household name here in the near future. So that's certainly one to watch. He put up just stupid numbers at Sheffield High School in Memphis this year, had a had a great season, was a Mr. Football finalist. Uh, so he really burst onto the scene. And I think he's going to be a major priority for Tennessee. So that's that's one to learn more about uh, if you haven't heard that name much. Cameron Sparks has been on Tennessee's radar for more than a couple of years. You know, I think Tennessee's in good shape with both of those guys, but especially with Darius Jackson, his recruitment's still kind of just getting started. So that's going to be a battle. And I think having George McIntyre there helping Tennessee uh, you know, gives them at least an inside track of, of sorts. Uh, to, and they've already had him on campus too. So I think Tennessee is in uh, pretty good shape with both of those guys, certainly off to a good start. And then um, and then there's some guys outside the state that, again, he already knows. Uh, uh, certainly something to keep in mind here, George McIntyre, again, he's on a, he's on a very competitive seven-on-seven seven team. He's played basketball. So he's on a couple different circuits where 
he's, he's gotten to know a lot of guys and obviously taking visits to different schools. You know, he's visited Alabama a, a number of times. He's visited LSU. So he knows some of these guys from visiting multiple schools. So he's already got a pretty good relationship with David Sanders, the five-star offensive tackle from Charlotte uh, that was supposed to be uh, at Tennessee uh, for, for its junior day that ended up being canceled. Uh, George McIntyre still made that trip to Knoxville, but Sanders uh, ended up rescheduling and not making the trip. But those guys know each other. So um, he, he's already kind of put in some work there that I think is going to pay dividends for Tennessee in the coming months. And having a guy like McIntyre committed before the end of, in, end of January, that's a huge deal to, to be able to get him this early and give him this much runway to, to, to sort of set his sights on a lot of guys and really, really build some relationships. And I think he really does, you know, not every quarterback personality wise is cut out for this. I think George McIntyre really does have sort of that a lot like Nico did, but maybe not, not in the same way, but he, he really does have that sort of, um, he get, he get, I think he's viewed with a lot of respect by, by a lot of players that he's crossed paths with. Um, he, he seems to, he seems to really relate well to guys and, and and doesn't have problems building relationships with players. So I think that's really going to pay off for Tennessee and recruiting. So um, those are a few that come to mind. You know, I mentioned Caleb Cunningham, the, the five-star receiver from Mississippi. I think he's another one. I think he's already had some contact with other guys uh, like, like Jamie French, the former Alabama commitment from Jacksonville, Florida. So it's going to go beyond the state of Tennessee, but the ones that I think you'll have the most impact with for the most part will be in Tennessee, but no question, you know, the Caleb Cunninghams, the David Sanders types, He's going to recruit a lot of those guys outside the state too. And, and he has, a, I think, some decent pull in that regard. So I think this does give Tennessee at least a little bit of a boost in 2025 recruiting. We've got plenty of coverage of George McIntyre's decision up at the site. Where can people find it and how can people find your work specifically? Yeah, govals247.com to check out all the coverage. And there is a bunch of it on the site as we speak. So go check out all of that to find out more about George McIntyre and his decision, and, uh, and and we'll have more throughout the day as well uh, on what's obviously a huge day for Tennessee. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Callahan two four seven. But you know we've had full coverage of the announcement and uh, and and plenty more throughout the day. But it's uh, it's certainly a huge day for the Vols and uh, lots to lots to read up about uh, about what's obviously uh, a headlining type pickup for Tennessee in the twenty twenty five class as the guy who's going to be one of the, the stars of the class. You know, regardless of who else they land in the coming months. He's Ryan Callahan. I'm Ben McKee. This has been another edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, a breaking news edition because George McIntyre is a Tennessee volunteer. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that 
at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys.